Under the Texas Sky is brought to you in part by Toyota, a proud supporter of Texas Parks and Wildlife Programs. Toyota, let's go places. Read any good books lately? Texas has a rich literary history. On the podcast, we talk about towns that celebrate their native sons and daughters of the written word. And Parks and Wildlife magazine editor Louis Bond takes us on a road trip to Kyle, Texas, to visit the childhood home of the author Catherine Ann Porter, who wrote the highly acclaimed novel Ship of Fools. Stay with us. From Texas Parks and Wildlife, this is Under the Texas Skies, Wanderlist. Produced in collaboration with Texas Parks and Wildlife Magazine, it's where we highlight some of the great places to go and things to see in the Lone Star State. I'm Cecilia Nasty. Editor Louis Bond joined me in the studio recently to talk about good books that have come from Texas. You know, our readers and our listeners, they're so diverse. Some, of course, like to climb mountains, but then there's those others, maybe they'd rather climb in a hammock and read about that mountain climb. You know, if I'm being honest, Lou, I'd have to say that I am more of the reader type (laughs) than, you know, the mountain climbing type, but I do love to be outdoors when I am reading. How about you? Oh, I pretty much grew up in a tree in my backyard, and I always had a big stack of books up there with me. And as I got older, I got a lot more interested in Texas books, you know, books about Texas by Texas authors. I think that some of my ideas about Texas and Texans were vaguely shaped by a couple of books uh, from Texas authors about Texas places. Uh, One was uh, Old Yeller, which I read when I was a kid. And then once I moved to Texas as a young adult, I think that Lonesome Dove really captured my imagination. Oh, those are two great ones. I cry just thinking about Old Yeller. But then, you know, we started researching those tales and some others. And then we discovered that there are small towns that really embrace these authors and their characters, and they celebrate them in a variety of special ways. It really doesn't surprise me. So when you were doing your research on this, what kinds of things did you uncover? Well, you were talking about Old Yeller. Well, Mason, Texas is the home of of the author, Fred Gibson, and every year they host Old Yeller Days. Oh, my God. So those have games, dog parades, and I've got to see this, Old Yeller Lookalike Contest. And then uh, there's another one. I don't know if you've ever heard of the story of Conan. It's been made into movies and comic books, but it's actually based on a novel by Robert E. Howard, who uh, was born and raised in Cross Plains. And so they do the same kind of things. They have their Conan days. What Conan, like what, Conan the Barbarian? Yeah, Conan the Barbarian <laughs> came from Texas. I mean, you know, we have our epic heroes, Davy Crockett, Conan the Barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> He's what I missed in the in the history books. But we've got one a little closer to home, too. I mean, well, home for us, anyway. Home for us here in Central Texas. So, yeah, there's Kyle, just south of Austin. And there they made efforts to restore the home of a famous author who came from Kyle, who is Pulitzer Prize winner Catherine Ann Porter. Louis Bond takes us on a field trip to Kyle, Texas, and Catherine Ann Porter's childhood home. That's ahead. But first, support from Toyota allows us to bring you stories from under the Texas sky. 
Toyota has been a proud sponsor of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation since 2002, providing generous support to help the department provide outdoor programs for Texans and conserve the wildlife of the Lone Star State. This is Under the Texas Skies Wanderlist from Texas Parks and Wildlife. I'm Cecilia Nasty. Wanderlist is a collaboration with Texas Parks and Wildlife magazine. Editor Louis Bond and I have been talking about Texas literary history, and we left off talking about Kyle, Texas native Catherine Ann Porter. You know, we always speak ahead of time before we do our wander lists. And when we spoke about doing this one on literary Texas, I really, I had to look up Catherine Ann Porter. I, I wasn't familiar with her or her work or that she had a childhood home in Kyle. Same for me. So prepare to be enlightened. I went ahead and took a little visit there and spoke to the current writer in residence. Hey there. Hi, Louie. Hi, Jeremy. Great to meet you. Good to meet you, too. <laughs> Welcome to the Catherine Ann Porter House. It's really lovely. This is so nice. These hardwood floors creep just a little bit as we walk on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that sound. Love it. So since we're not visual, we'll tell everybody this is sort of a mint green color. My boss, Tom Grimes, Professor Tom Grimes at Texas State University, he wrote an essay about uh, renovating the house. Mm -hmm. He described it as avocado. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that. I can see that. And there's beautiful hardwood floors, nice old leaded windows, and antiques everywhere. Everything's... And uh, Lila Knight, she's an architectural historian. Uh, She helped pull together the period piece furniture for the house. Uh, We wanted this section to look like Mm -hmm. actual furniture that could have been here when Catherine Ann Porter was. And how old was Catherine Ann Porter when she lived here? Um, So she moved here in 1892 after her mother died in Indian Creek, Texas. Um, And she was only two years old. Um, and after her mother died, her father moved her and her brother and sister here to live with their grandmother. This was her grandmother's house, uh, oh. Catherine Skaggs Porter. Catherine Skaggs Porter. And so was this house located on this property at that point? Uh, yes. yes. Wow. And so this now is called Center Street. It's sort of the main street through Kyle these days. Yes. And it was the main street back then. would have been just a dirt road. and. Uh, this is a railroad town, so uh, the town sprung up around the railroad, and there's probably only about 500 people in town. And uh, now? Oh, I think we're close to over 40,000. Oh my gosh, what a difference. <laughs> what a difference. Yeah, but this road in front, it's packed with traffic all the time, and it used to just be uh, ranchers driving their cattle up to the train station, and right. it's been a big difference. <laughs> and they probably sat with their doors and windows open, trying to catch the breeze. Oh, and, yes. Yeah. And hearing the, the clopping of horses and, and wagon wheels and things, oh, but yeah. nothing like what you're hearing here today, the oh, traffic no. going by outside. <laughs> Kyle is, we might say, just south of Austin, and it's in one of the fastest-growing corridors in the United States. So it's going through a lot of transformation. But when you step inside this house, you're taken back to Kyle 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. So tell us how you got here, Jeremy. Uh, Yes, uh, so I'm the writer-in-residence here at the Catherine M. Porter House. Um, I went to graduate school at Texas State University for a Master of Fine Arts in Creative Writing. Um, And this house is tied into the MFA program at Texas State. And every few years, they'll choose a graduate of the program uh, to come and be the writer in residence. 
So um, let's walk around the house a oh, little bit and see see your home. You actually live here, correct? Yes, yes. So grateful to live here. I've always been a sucker for old houses. Right. It's been a dream living in this one. Uh, so this is the original portion of the house, mm -hmm. uh, just a three-room house. Um, if you've read any interviews with Catherine Ann Porter, she kind of romanticizes her childhood and tells people she was raised in like giant houses on a plantation. And uh -huh. So she was a bit of an exaggerator. Uh, As any good storyteller yeah. is. <laughs> but in reality, they lived in a, basically a small three-room house. Mm -hmm. And everything here, aside from the furniture, uh, is original. The walls, the floors, even the paint color that you commented on earlier, the avocado. Mm -hmm. When the Birding Johnson Foundation was restoring the house. Uh, I believe they peeled back a baseboard along the wall oh, and they found the original color underneath wow. and decided to match. And they probably had limited them. colors. Oh yeah. Then, limited pigments that they could choose from. So once they got a color, they stuck <laughs> with it, I'm sure. Yeah. And there would have been a wood burning stove here. Uh, mm -hmm. You see the hole in the ceiling that's right. been patched up. To get historical landmark status, we had to keep small details like that. So that's a historical hole we're not allowed <laughs> to patch Historical hole in the ceiling. And there's little hooks <laughs> in the ceiling too. Uh, uh -huh. We're not sure what those were for, but they're but historical they hooks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking it could have been mosquito netting, ways to uh -huh. hang mosquito netting even, right. um, because they slept with all the doors open uh, right. just to cool down. So this was a living room or a bedroom, uh, or do you know? We're not exactly sure. Um, probably main, main living room, and I'm sure right. they did cooking in here with the stove. Going back to one of Catherine Ann Porter's short stories, uh, Old Mortality, it includes one of her characters called Miranda. Anytime you see Miranda in a story, it's basically Catherine Ann Porter. Wow. And uh, she has one story, uh, Old Mortality, where she's in her grandmother's living room. And, uh, she's, right here where we're standing. Yeah, and I imagine I it being set chill. right here. And she's uh -huh. uh, rummaging through her grandmother's old chest, finding like old dresses and photographs, which inspired the larger story. But mm -hmm. when I first read that, I was sitting in here and thinking, oh my goodness. yeah, she was thinking of this room when she wrote this story. And that's what's really special about being in a place like oh, this. Oh yeah, it's a part of literary history, her mm -hmm. history. And, and her sense of place um, also becomes your sense of place because you're living here for an extended period of time. Oh, yes. So it'll also impact your writing as, as you go forward. Have you written anything that you wouldn't have written had um, you not lived here? Oh, yes. Uh, so after graduate school, you're a little burned out from writing so much. So it was like a good way to reset and right. uh, start writing new material. The residency really gives you time for that. Do you read a lot of her material to prepare you? Well, I had read her collected stories in graduate school. Kind of didn't want to read her again right off the bat. Right. Um, but actually, over the past year, I've been rereading her. Went through her collected stories again. Found ones set in Kyle that I had didn't realize the first time reading it was ah. set around this house. And uh, that's what I would look for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And over the summer, I finally read her novel, Ship of Fools, mm -hmm. um, which not a lot of people have read. It's, right. it's huge, like 500, 600 pages. There's a cast of 60 characters. Wow. <laughs> you see the cast of characters on the first page and you uh -huh. get a little scared. But uh, I, I read that over. Enter the, if you dare. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I read that over the summer because I started working on my first novel this mm -hmm. summer and was thinking, I can't write a novel while I'm 
living in Catherine Ann Porter's house, and I haven't read her novel. <laughs> it doesn't uh, seem right. I know. <laughs> so, uh, but it's re- like you saved it for that moment. Yeah, and uh, it was a great read, and it's really helped me with my own writing. Um, it has this exactness of detail, describing characters, and even something so simple as someone placing her hand on a man's shoulder, just the way she describes people um, and interactions. It's really helped with my novel and about waist deep in the novel right now and have Catherine Ann Porter in the residency to thank. Well, that's great. That's great. I bet that's very exciting for you because once you're halfway through, it seems likely you'll finish. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That first page is blank forever, isn't it? (laughs) It's a daunting task, but uh, I hope to be done with the novel I'm sure by the time I'm sure they'll be very proud of you that you've accomplished that while you're here. <laughs> Let's see what's in the next oh, yeah. room. Uh, so this right now is the bedroom. If you see these doors mirrored on each side of the wall, this was antique air conditioning. Right. If you open both doors at once, you catch the cross draft. Right. And there's a continuous breeze blowing, so. In this part of the country where summer lasts forever, uh, that would come in very handy. (laughs) I couldn't imagine living here without air conditioning, but they sure did. (laughs) And no refrigeration either. No. You know, I guess maybe an ice man would come around, maybe, Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, who knows? Cutting wood and getting wood for heat was probably a big chore. It was hard to live back then. Yeah. There's the, what's the bathroom now? Ah. Luckily, they updated that for oh, you, yeah. right? So there wouldn't have been a toilet here. <laughs> right, it would have been outside in the outhouse, I bet. But uh, the bathroom, it's humongous. But, it is. Uh, this was, we think, the old bedroom. And mm-hmm. since there were six people living in the house. Right. Uh, people uh, probably slept in each of these three rooms. Oh, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. I believe there were bunk beds in here, too, wow. for the children. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it would have been the three children, the father, and the grandmother and uh, one of the grandmother's old servant. Uh, so six people living on top of each other in three small rooms. Right. So. so tell us a little bit about the process of restoring this house. I know you weren't here at that point, but I guess it was about 20 years ago. You're yeah. about to have your anniversary. Um, I believe uh, Preservations Associates of Texas purchased the house in 1998. I believe it took a year or two to renovate the house and they opened the house uh, for the visiting author series it would have been September of 2000. And I think this place really is a landmark now. Uh, oh, in, yeah. In a short amount of time, it's really become sort of a historical hub in, in a town that's becoming very new. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's an actual literary historical landmark. Laura Bush came here in, I believe, 2002 to wow. designate it as a landmark. We leased the house to Texas State University, and uh, we're tied into their creative writing program. Uh, mm-hmm. So we host usually about six to ten authors a year here mm-hmm. in our event space. Uh, we have Pulitzer Prize winners, National Book Award winners, a real diverse slate of uh, up-and-coming and established authors. And uh, when they come here, they give a reading on campus, a reading here, and they also teach a master class for the MFA students at Texas State. So students wow. can come here and learn from a famous author teaching on any subject of their choice. And uh, and all of our events are open to the public, too. Mm -hmm. A lot of local community members from Kyle come around. And uh, one of my favorite people who come to our events, it's a local mother. And she's been coming here for 
probably over 10 years, mm -hmm. even before I was here coming to readings. And she's been bringing her daughters ever since they were kids. One of her children finally went to college at Texas State University and decided to study English. Uh -oh. And she wanted to be a poet. Oh, wow. Just because of all the visiting author stuff yeah. her mother had been bringing her to here. That gives you a small sense of the ripple you can yeah. start just with your quiet presence in this hundred and whatever year old house. Yeah. So where are you from originally? Uh, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, great. Uh, which is interesting because, uh, so this was Catherine Ann Porter's grandmother's house. Right. She, uh, her grandmother was actually from Kentucky too. That's a big yeah. coincidence. So a Kentuckian built this house. I was super happy when I heard that. So you have a nice porch out here? This would have been uh, probably used as a sleeping porch as well. Oh yeah, Texas is big on these sleeping porches. And then now you have a, an event center that's been built back here yes. so that you can have larger gatherings yes. for the and, readings uh, and yeah. things. We usually have a visiting author once a month, uh, twice a month. Goodness, we've been running for 20 years. We've probably had about 150 authors out here. Man, you've and, learned uh, a lot. <laughs> This porch would have looked on that old dirt road way back when. Catherine Ann Porter, when she was a kid, she was very theatrical. She, uh -huh. she wanted to be an actress, and neighbors recounted stories of her staging plays in the front yard here right. as a little kid. She would take her grandmother's quilts, use them as curtains to hide the porch, and she wouldn't use the porch as a stage. Mm -hmm. It'd be her like dressing room. Oh, and then <laughs> and she would perform in front. And she would emerge and perform in front in the flower beds there. So the grandmother who lived here, she was a horse rider, and when they were renovating the house, they found underneath the house this giant stone, which right. they think was the stepping stone oh. for the women to get onto their horses. Yeah. Would you all like to see the seminar space? Or? Yeah. Thank you. So this reading room was built to coincide with the renovation of the house. Right. And yes, and this is where all of our visiting authors uh, come and read and work with the students at Texas State. So we're surrounded by books and these posters are of... Uh, past visiting authors. Past visiting authors. What a beautiful series of black and white posters. And then some old historical photos of Catherine Ann Porter. Look at her. Here she is. This looks like the Hollywood headshot oh, yeah. here. Oh my goodness. She's really very beautiful. Oh yes. She actually, I guess in her 20s, she caught the Spanish influenza. Wow. And uh, all of her hair fell out wow. while she was recovering and it grew back all white, solid white. And uh, yeah, that's her with her brother and sister. And uh, yeah, so that's what she would have looked like while she lived here. She's, you know, for, for having a modest childhood like this, she's a very refined woman. She's very graceful and gracious and lovely. One big thing for us is uh, September of next year, we're having right. our 20th anniversary celebration. We're super excited about it. 20 right. years of bringing authors to Kyle and honoring the legacy of Katherine and Porter. This ought to be very yeah, special. Yeah, we're very then. excited for yeah. it. Jeremy? Louis, thanks for coming over. Thank you. Wow. Um, I'm going to have to go and dig into the Katherine and Porter uh, oeuvre to, to learn a little bit more about her. That was really great. Thanks for doing that. And by the way, while I was doing my own little research on her to find out who she was, I found a quote about her. It is attributed to her, I should say. And it says that I shall try to tell the truth, but the result will be fiction. 
You know, I feel like I got to know Catherine Ann Porter so so personally by standing in her childhood home and thinking about her writing. Now I'm ready to visit some of the other literary stops on this wander list to find out about these other authors. Well, maybe I'll join you, or maybe I'll just grab the magazine and the book and head outside for a good read. <laughs> we'll catch you later, Louie. Catch you later, Cecilia. We're done wandering for this podcast, but Louie Bond and I, or our colleague Randall Maxwell, will be back with more fascinating things to see and places to explore in the Lone Star State. Before heading to any state park, historic site, or natural area, call ahead. Also, keep an eye on the Texas Parks and Wildlife Instagram account, which is at Texas Parks Wildlife. We'll use it to notify you of some of the wanderlust subjects we plan to cover in the weeks ahead and give you a chance to ask questions, some of which we will answer on the podcast. Under the Texas Sky is a production of Texas Parks and Wildlife. We produce our wanderlust series in partnership with Texas Parks and Wildlife magazine in the media production studios in Austin, Texas. Randall Maxwell does our sound design. And we get distribution and web help from Susan Griswold and Benjamin Kaling. Stream or download Under the Texas Sky and Under the Texas Sky's Wander List wherever you get your podcasts. And please leave a review while you're there and let us know how we're doing and what you'd like to hear. Until next time, keep on wandering Under the Texas Sky. I'm Cecilia Nasty. 